In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Eternal Father, you called St. Philip the Evangelist to open his mouth and beginning with Scripture, tell the good news of Jesus Christ. By virtue of our baptism, we too are called to work for the salvation of souls. Instill in our hearts the zeal of St. Philip, that we may convert hearts and minds to your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the St. Philip Institute podcast, where we talk about how to navigate life in the light of faith. So what we do here in um, our podcast is we take issues that are current in our time. We talked about racism. We've talked about anxiety in teen girls, um, something I know a lot about. <laughs> and we're putting the issues on the table here in the light of faith so that we can discuss them from our different perspectives. It's a, ma it's a matter of having empathy uh, as we all try to navigate life uh, in the, with the grace of Christ. Today, our guest is Jen Fulweiler, and we're so excited. <laughs> and Bishop is sitting among women again. <laughs> uh, you're blessed among women. <laughs> uh, but Jen is someone who I, I just feel like you are a part of my life, Jen. I've known you since 2010 when I first started writing, stay-at-home mom, tiptoeing out on the blog stage in the, you know, nobody was listening <laughs> at first. And I, I always looked up to you. Um, you're someone to emulate. Jen is now, and I've watched your whole progression, she's now a stand-up comic, which <laughs> is awesome, uh, a best-selling author and a mom of six. And when I moved to Texas a couple of years ago, I was so thrilled that I was going to be in the same state with you. <laughs> so we have to get together some point. Jen's books, if you don't know, I, again, I think our audience knows this already, but just in case you don't know, Jen's books are Something Other Than God, One Beautiful Dream, the second book, and her newest book is Your Blue Flame, Drop the Guilt and Do What Makes You Come Alive. Thank you so much for joining us today to talk about all of this and especially your newest book, Jen. Welcome to the show with Bishop Strickland and me and Deanna. I am so excited to be here. You guys are awesome. This is a lot of fun. Thank you so much. We are here to talk about the blue flame, okay? So <laughs> the issue we're putting on the table in the light of faith is just something that Bishop Strickland talks about in his Constitution on Teaching as he tries to turn our whole diocese out here in East Texas into a teaching diocese. It's, it's um, being true to yourself as you walk this life of faith, what is God's purpose in our life, in all seasons of life, whether you're young, whether you're raising young, or whether you're even getting into the season of maturity and wisdom? Um, she looks at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do we follow God's call and find what he's calling us to do? I have to say, though, when I first heard the word blue flame, I was thinking of chemistry. Oh, right, because that's your background. Yeah, you have your yeah. PhD in chemistry, right? In chemistry. <laughs> in chemistry, you know when you're working with the Bunsen burner in the chemistry lab and you have to adjust the oxygen flow? The blue yeah. flame 
is that point. It's the hottest part of the flame that you want to use because that's where you get the most bang for your buck. But it's that stoichiometric point when all of the gas molecules are have just exactly the right amount of oxygen to combust completely. And if you don't have the right amount of oxygen, you get incomplete combustion in the in the lesser yellow flame. But the, the blue flame is where you have the perfect balance right. of everything. Deanna and I were just talking about the stoichiometric. Right point you know, just, you know Stacey, point. it's so funny because that was the original subtitle of the book is what you just said yeah <laughs> so jen can you translate it for us what does the blue flame actually mean <laughs> right it's the color blue that's right. about as far as that's where my knowledge ends <laughs> and it's hot it's hot right <laughs> what does that mean blue flame for us well, okay, actually, Stacey, I did, I, Sam, this is such an educational experience for me. And I, I, I do think that there's actually a direct analogy there of, you said that the molecules have perfect oxygen at the, at the blue flame uh, when the flame is blue. Is that right? Yes, yeah. The perfect okay. balance of oxygen so, and gas. They're complete. Yeah. So the way I think of it as is your blue flame is that God-given gift where you're just really in line with who God wants you to be and what you are meant to share. And you just have this feeling of, man, yeah, like this, this is what God made me for. I'm just, even if it's hard, even if I face challenges, I'm where I need to be. And so it's like, you feel that perfect flow of God's grace into your life, just like the oxygen. I love it. I love that. I love that. And as I was going through your book, and I, I went through it on Audible, but I, I need to get a hardcover because I just wanted to highlight <laughs> all the things. And it was because it's so, um, it was a reminder to me. And I, I feel like being part of the St. Philip Institute and with our team, especially, like all of us really are trying to use our blue flame in, in different ways, but it can be challenging. And your book was such a great reminder that um, we don't have to wait until the perfect moment to start using the gifts that God gives us. And we also don't have to, um, we, we don't have to come up with excuses or, or just wait for the, the perfect timing, especially as moms. Because I think that, um, and, and you expressed it so perfectly in the book, that we, God gives us gifts that, that don't have to be hindered by our, our children, or it can actually come alive because we are mothers, because we are living our family life. Uh, but what advice or encouragement can you give, especially towards towards women? Because I, I think that we we have a tendency to struggle more with with really embracing our our the gifts that God gives us, or giving ourselves permission to to step outside and and share those gifts beyond just our our family, our home life. Yeah. Oh, I love that question. One of the big things about the blue flame concept, I mean, this is, it's very similar to the concept of charisms and the St. Catherine of Siena Institute does a lot of great work talking about charisms. The idea is that it, it's a God-given gift and it, it gives you energy when you use it. And so my first book I wrote in the middle of having six babies in eight years, I was staying home with the kids. The budget was tight. It was about as hard of a season as we could have gone through. And looking back, it was honestly a favor to my family that I wrote that book during that time because it filled me with joy and with energy and it just made me come alive. 
in ways that, that if I had suppressed that and I hadn't been using that gift, I just wouldn't have been as full of energy and as happy as I was during that time. And so that's the first thing I always tell women is you are doing your family a favor by discovering your blue flame. And another way that our, our faith plays into this, this that's so important, especially for moms raising kids to understand is, you know, we live in this culture that tells you if you have some sort of gift, well, you'd better be hustling. You better be making money, trying to make a million dollars, set your alarm for 5 a.m. and and go go sell and, and build and build and build. But the reality is I, I look at it like the way we use our God-given gifts is not up to us. It's up to God. And so when I wrote when I wrote that first book using that blue flame, I worked on that book maybe an hour a day. Honestly, probably not even that. It was probably more like four or five hours a week. I worked on the book. And sure enough, it took five years because that, that was the right way for me to use that blue flame in that season. It was low pressure. It was it felt kind of like a hobby. It, it you know, it was just a really low pressure way to do it. Now with this book, with the Your Blue Flame book, I had a big publishing contract. I was on a deadline. I was burning the candle at both ends. Much more high pressure situation, but it was great for me in that season. My kids were in different ages. I was in a different place in my life. And so that is, I, I think, a critical thing for not just moms, but busy bishops, you know, like anyone. I, you know, we're all called to serve. We are all called to be of service to the world in different ways. So we all have busy lives, whether or not you have kids. And so the important thing to understand is that God will give you a way to use your blue flame that will work for your existing obligations. So maybe for one person, that'll be five hours a week. Maybe for another person, that will be 50 hours a week. But there is a way to use your blue flame that's right for you. Absolutely. And um, I love the image. And what occurs to me, we have a, a, a great artist here at the St. Philip Institute. And I think... I have an idea of talking to Robert Pushouts as the artist about a Pentecost scene where those tongues of fire are blue flames. Because yeah. kind of picking up on what you've all talked about, that's what we see in the early church. That's what we see happen to the apostles. The Lord, through the gift of his spirit, he optimizes what they're able to do. They're doing things beyond anything they ever imagined. And just in my prayer and in reflecting and talking to people in all sorts of different situations, um, I really believe one of the things that we like to repeat here at the St. Philip Institute is to live as first century Christians in the 21st century. Um, I, love I think we'd all agree. It's like ever since I started saying that, and we kind of developed that as a theme in the Institute, it seems to get harder, <laughs> harder to live <laughs> as first century Christians because the 21st century it seems to get more challenging by the day. But <laughs> what the apostles took out from Pentecost was that blue flame. I, I really love that image because Peter, just to, to look at St. Peter, he is literally transformed by the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I think in our corporate memory as the way and then Christians and now called Catholics for centuries, we need to go back to that memory of being alive in that blue flame of faith. Um, because I, I really believe that captures 
what's going on with the apostles and the acts of the apostles. And every age has that opportunity of being really open to the Lord. And I loved what you said, Jen, that it's it's really about the Lord working through us. As a bishop, um, you know, I joke that I have 1.5 million kids. I mean, y'all got six or seven, but, um, but seriously, I continue to learn what it is to be a shepherd in the 21st century because there's so many worldly temptations and so many, so much administrations and so many things that you're supposed to do and get done and projects that you're supposed to take care of. And I think we can, we can really get in the way of ourselves and the Lord as bishops, as moms, as dads, just as disciples in the world today. So I love that image of the blue flame to keep. And how do we go back to that blue flame except through prayer, through really encountering the Lord more and more deeply? It helps that flame to go from the, the sort of weak orange to blue. I could not agree more. And in fact, that's one of the things I worked into the book is I wrote it for anyone. It, it doesn't have to be for people of faith. But I outright said at the beginning of the book, if you don't have a connection of God, I got to be honest with you, this is not going to work as well. Because the truth is that these gifts are from God. And the secular world might say, well, this is just a personal preference or something you're into. But the truth of the matter is, that these are gifts from God. And so when you connect to God and start to say, even if your faith is weak in that moment, say, all right, Lord, you seem to have given me this gift. How do you want me to use it? You are going to find that it comes into your life in a whole new way. And, and I talk about in the book that I had always liked writing, even when I was an atheist. But it was when I came to faith and actually started praying, saying, okay, God, how do you want me to use this gift? How do you want me to, to share with the world? Suddenly, it just, I had this clarity, everything opened up, it just came alive in a whole new way. And I think this is a, a great way for people, especially in this culture where so many people struggle with faith. I think that discovering your gifts and that God has given you and asking how he means for you to use them is can really be a beautiful way to reconnect with your faith if you've been struggling in that area. And, and then, like you said, this is a great way for us to be of service in the world, because especially given the current cultural landscape, it's not easy to be a Christian. It's not easy to share with the world and to encounter the world every day. But when you use your blue flame, the only way I can describe it, and I know you guys can relate to this, is it's hard, but it's the right kind of hard for you. And and to your point, that I, I found that when, when I really connected with what my blue flame is and how God meant for me to use it, it helped me keep on track and not get distracted by the things that I didn't need to be doing. It really kept me focused on my mission and how I was meant to contribute. And But before I connected with that, everything just felt overwhelming and hard, and I felt a little aimless. So I do think it gives us that strength and that clarity when we can connect with our blue flame. Yeah, and I mean, I've known you for 10 years now, Jen, and I remember a long time ago you said something that stopped me in my tracks because I, I was feeling aimless at the time, too, and, and wondering. I mean, when I worked at DuPont, I got the award for thinking out of the box, so I've always been an out-of-the-box thinker, 
But you said my daughters aren't going to grow up thinking a working mother means she gets stressed and leaves the house at eight every morning and comes home at five because because you were working on things, uh, your writing, um, and this was before you were doing the radio even, I think. Um, but you, it meant something to you that your children, and at the time you had said your daughters, would see that you're, you're able to be true to who you are, and that didn't really fit the mold of anything else. And when you said that, it, it freed me to think that way too. Like I, my children need to see me being Stacy being their mother, right. that's my right. obligation to them. I have a responsibility to my children, but it never meant in those 15 years I stayed at home that I didn't, that I shouldn't pursue the things that I'm called to do as well. And, you know, and eventually, and that was an inspiration to your kids. I'm sure when you pursued that. I hope so. Yeah, I do think it is. I'm watching them now get older and start to think about what they want to do with their lives. And, and they're not thinking that they're not thinking like I was at 16, that I had to do what feminism tells me I had to do. They're thinking about who they are. And, right. you know, where my path led me is Bishop Strickland. I, I'm working here with, with the greatest bishop in the world. But I never would have charted my course as being home for 15 years after leaving DuPont because the society tells you when you do that, you're kind of done as a woman right. who works. And then lo and behold, God just, I, I felt that blue flame because I would pray and you, you get that affirmation when you're doing the right thing. It feels right. And when I found myself sitting across the desk from Bishop one day thinking I might actually be executive director of his institute, it felt right. But I never saw that. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you know what, you know what it is, Stacey, is the world conflates the impact that you're meant to have and that you can have with income. It kind of says this is, these are, these cannot be separated from one another. So if you want to have impact, you'd better go apply for a job and sit in an office. And that's the only way to do that. But what we understand as Christians is you might be meant to have a tremendous impact, but it doesn't come with an income and it doesn't have steady hours. Like the example I love to give is I heard from a friend recently who her blue flame is simply listening to people and making people feel heard and really being that she just has this very special gift from God in terms of listening. So she was at the checkout line at Walmart and this woman starts telling her her life story, which happens to her all the time. And that's another blue flame thing is that God sends you these opportunities that you could not have created for yourself. You're like, because I told her, I said, that never happens to me. People do not tell me their life stories in the Walmart <laughs> checkout line. So, so she just used this blue flame to, they, they both checked out and then she stood over by the exit and just had this very deep and meaningful conversation with the woman. The woman was wiping tears out of her eyes saying, it has been so long since anyone listened to me. And, and the woman said, I was actually able to work some things out. And, and then she said, hey, by the way, what's your name? <laughs> like, thank you. <laughs> they, they've never even gotten to that part. But so to me, that, that must have been so satisfying for her. And she had a tremendous impact. Did it come with a fancy salary and title in a big corner office? No, but she had that truly satisfying impact of seeing God work through her. And that's what you discovered, Stacey, and that's what I discovered. Mm -hmm. Sometimes using your blue flame might end up being a really cool job like the one you have now. Other times it might be what you and I were doing when we were staying home with our kids, having an impact, but doing it an hour here, an hour there, and making no money at it, but you still see yourself having an impact. 
And it gives me confidence going forward. Yeah. Like, I, I don't right. know what I'll be doing in 10 years except being Stacy. Right. <laughs> right. Right. I love the way to get you to break. heaven. <laughs> I love that. Right. And I, I love that all throughout the book, you, you do such a great job of reminding people to be courageous and that it's going to require that you step outside of your comfort zone. Because if we only do what's safe and comfortable, then people are going to miss out on the gifts that we have to offer. And it's not to say like, we're just so great and, and awesome, but people really benefit from receiving the, the gifts that God has given us. And again, that's just going to, it requires that we step outside of ourselves. And it, it is, it's too easy sometimes, especially as we're trying to live as first century Christians to not talk about the, the tough subjects or, or not to, to reach out to, to try to evangelize or whatever those, those gifts are that, that God has given us. If we're always just focused on, well, I, I'm worried about what people are going to think or what the reaction's going to be, but it's always about, the service of the other like how do we draw other people to holiness yeah. and sometimes that's going to require stepping outside of the boat and, and trusting mm -hmm. god with with everything um or talking to strangers or talking about the the tough things uh but yeah just that reminder to be not afraid because the holy spirit gives us everything mm -hmm. that we need and and this is a great way to really explore the virtue of humility yes. of taking your ego out of it because when you realize okay god has given me this blue flame, like my friend who, who is a, a great listener. I know someone else who's really into arranging flowers, and she felt God prompting her to just gather some flowers and take them to a couple of elderly neighbors who've been inside for a long time, and they, they still have to do very, very strict quarantine. And But that, was, that felt uncomfortable for her because she thought, well, what if this annoys the neighbors? What if, or what if they think my flowers are ugly? You know, what, what if they don't like what I did? So that was, that was a big thing, stepping out for her. But, but what she said is, you know, I realized if this is a gift from God and he's calling me to do this, then I, it's not my place to say no. Like these, I'm just borrowing these talents that he's given me and I don't have a right to say how and when I'm going to use them. This is up to God. And then when you see that, that is really humility, the true spirit of humility in action that she set her ego aside and said, you know, it, it doesn't matter if this neighbor doesn't love the bouquet or rolls her eyes at it. I'm, I'm simply, I'm just doing what I'm called to do here. This isn't about me and my personal glory and people thinking I'm amazing. This is about me making the contribution that God made for me to have today. Jen, I, it's amazing that you brought up humility because I keep thinking about the, the blue flame and Today, we happen to be celebrating the uh, birth of John the Baptist. And one of my favorite um, writings about John the Baptist, it comes from St. Augustine. And he says that John knew who he was. I mean, in, in this context, John the Baptist had that blue flame. And he, it was a, a blue flame of humility, knowing exactly who he was. When Imagine people pointing at you and saying, are you the Messiah? Are you the one? How tempting that is for him to say, oh, yeah, well, maybe so. You know, let's go on tour. Yeah, I'm pretty um, great. Yeah. But what St. Augustine says that I find so beautiful in connection with the blue flame is that he says that John was like a candle that he was so afraid that the wind of pride would blow it out. And I think that happens constantly 
in each of our lives, but almost as a culture that we live really throughout the world, I think there's, as you've talked about, that drive to produce and to make big bucks and to just be, you know, make headlines and all of that. I think the world almost um, propels us toward that danger zone of, of letting the blue flame get blown out by the wind of pride, by that I'm, opposite of humility. I'm going to quote you on that because <laughs> this is this is exactly what I've seen when I have when I've talked to people who tell me stories about either using their blue flame or missing opportunities. You are exactly right that we we will never discover the people we were meant to be. We will never encounter our blue flames in the way God means for us to share them if if we let the flame of pride blow it out because pride is poison to using these gifts that God has given you because guess what you will fail it's just part of the process there is going to be a time when you put yourself out there and try to contribute in some way and people laugh at you or they roll their eyes at you or they ignore you or you don't have any impact and if you're all about what people think about you and your own glory and your own success or money or, or whatever it is you're after that is absolutely, you're, you're, it's going to blow out your blue flame. You're going to stop using your blue flame because your ego won't let you go any further. And I will tell you, I have seen a few people in my life that I truly believe they could have had an enormous impact. I saw their blue flame. I saw that it was extraordinary. I saw how much the world needed it, but it was their ego that, yeah. that blew it out. And, and actually, and let me add, isn't it interesting that a lot of times we think we are being humble when we are actually making very ego-driven decisions? Yeah. For example, if someone feels meals, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, if someone, let's say someone feels God calling them to, to share their testimony at church, at a church group event or something, and they don't do it because they're afraid that people won't be impressed with them or that they're afraid people will laugh at them, they might say, oh, I'm just being humble. I don't think I'm any good. But really, they have withheld a gift from the audience, from people who might have benefited from it because of their own ego. And it sounds like humility to say, oh, I, I don't think I'd give a very good speech, so I'm not going to do it. But when you dig down on that, that's really your ego talking. And the truly humble thing to do would be to say, OK, Lord, I, I don't think of myself as a particularly good speaker, but here we go. You know, you show me how to show me how to do this. Like that's that's what true humility looks yeah. like. Yeah. It does. I love what you're saying. I, I'm I'm all about teenage girls right now, Jen, because yeah. I have, my oldest daughter yeah. is 31, and I've seen her go through young adulthood. But I have four daughters that I had in five years. My husband and I had me in too. Five years. Yeah, and they're mine are 16, 15, 14, and 13 right now. Almost 13. Mine are close. Mine are close, close. to the ages. Yeah. We need to compare notes. <laughs> right. But right. I I love. I love what you're saying because this blue flame idea is something a teenage girl needs. Yeah. I mean, she needs a mama like a Bunsen burner needs a chemist adjusting the oxygen so that it's just right. You know, cause I, I find myself saying to them a lot, what does the world look like through your eyes today? Um, my job is not to tell you who to be. And sometimes I have to say, I'm sorry, you're hurting, but I can't fix this for you. I have to step aside and say, I'm, I'm cheering you on to become who you need to be. I'm going to love you no matter who that is. Um, even if you explore things that aren't you, but, and you get back around to who you are. And I, 
I don't know if you know, Jen, but my um, 16-year-old daughter just had a baby. Um, no, I didn't. Congratulations. I didn't yeah, know that. thank you. She <laughs> called me uh, when she was 15 and told me she's pregnant at 3 a.m. one morning. And, okay. um, and the first thing, I, because of our faith, the first thing I said back to her was, well, you need to go to confession. Uh, she knows she'll be loved and forgiven. But then I said, every child deserves to be loved unconditionally from the first moment he or she exists. And I love you unconditionally. You need to love this child unconditionally and let that guide every decision you make from here on out. And she ended up, uh, it's a long story, I'll keep it short. She ended up graduating high school a full year early because she fought the battle with the administration to let her do her classes online during COVID-19. And she finished her junior year and her senior year and walked the stage in May. And it, and it really was, her blue flame was this loving this child. I mean, she's talking about having other babies who are saying, just hang on. She really listened to you. (laughs) I saw her come to life. And and what I want to say to other Catholic moms out there is, it sounds pretty bad when your daughter gets pregnant at 16, but it's not. I mean, because she stayed true to to herself and to the love Mm -hmm. that God was offering her, and because we were able to support her, you know, my daughter is not questioning her faith right now. That I'm sure of, and I'll take it. <laughs> you know, well, that's she, amazing. She's and and you know what? And that's her. that's what real life looks like. Is mm-hmm. is when reality throws you a curveball that you didn't see coming. You turn to God and you say, "Okay, what now, Lord?" Like I I, I think that that's exactly how we should react to all of the situations in life because every single one of us face curveballs like this. We all do. It's just part of life. It is. It's beautiful. So I'm going to use that with my girls. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Probably even for bishops having blue flames. Right. (laughs) His is guarding the deposit of faith. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's a good one. That's uh, sort of my blue flame, I guess. Um, (laughs) And like like we've said, and, and I've said this, I've, I just sort of celebrated my 35th anniversary as a priest, so I'm the old guy in the room. But uh, as I've said for many times, time, people ask me about my journey and my vocation and everything, and I feel very blessed to have found my blue flame mm-hmm. at 18. Um, I entered the seminary at 18, was ordained at 26, Certainly, I mean, the flame has flickered a bit. There's been some, you know, thankfully it's never blown out, but it's it's gone through a few storms and a through through, you know, tremors and everything. But as as it, it takes me back to something you said earlier, Jen, that um, when we're in the blue flame, it may not be easy. It may not feel good. It may be very tough. But there's something deep down where we know this is where we're supposed to be. And that, I think, is what, what the blue, blue flame image really says to me is that's what God wants for us. And that's what we need to, to pray for all the kids that we're talking about, whether it's Leo, who is a few months, yep. to your 31-year-old. I know for moms, they're always your babies, your kids. Um, and and that's, I often say that about God's perspective with us. You know, I'm 61 years old, so I've been on the planet longer than any of you. But for God, we're all his kids. We're all just children. 
and certainly in comparison to the the wonder of of the the ultimate blue flame that God is, we are very tiny. But the great thing is that we share in that life. We share in His life, and He loves us unconditionally and wants us to to flourish with that that blue flame in each of our lives. So I feel very blessed that throughout 35 years as a priest, there have been tough times. There have been tough times as a bishop just yesterday. But I mean, uh, <laughs> it, it gets tough. As you as moms and as wives know, it gets tough sometimes. There are hard days. But when you know that you're where God puts you, then it gives you a strength that cuts through mm-hmm. all of the challenges and all the heartache and right. all the blank that, that life throws at you. <laughs> and that has exactly been my experience. And it's always something I emphasize that just because a, a gift is from God, just because you're exactly where God wants you and on the right path does not mean it will be easy. And in, in fact, it probably means it's going to be pretty hard the greater the impact you're meant to have. You know, I, I encountered the Bible really for the first time as an adult. I mean, my background was complete atheism. And so I, I didn't know what to expect from the Bible. And I remember when I first read the Acts of the Apostles, I was shocked. I was like, man, these guys can't get a break. Like, can't God help them out? Like, this town's mad at them. Now they're in, they're in jail again. It's funny. I was reading it like it was a, like it was a fiction book, it, 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 turning to my husband and being like, Joe, they're in jail again. Like, what is it? Everyone's mad at them. This is I, it, like, aren't people supposed to like them? They're sharing the good news. And so that was a real, that, that was my first, that was my first lesson that, it's not easy. What what God calls us to do is to fight and to fight for good and to fight to make a change in the world, but it is a fight. And so the, so just because you have found your blue flame doesn't mean it will be easy. But like you so eloquently said, it will be the good kind of hard. It, it will feel like I am where I'm meant to be, even though this is kind of uncomfortable right now. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. The blue flame is the hottest part of the fire. <laughs> That's right. Yes, <laughs> these chemistry analogies. What is that I, fancy word you should you have been my consultant. Stoichiometry. Stoichiometry. Yeah, it's gotta be tough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's, it, that's neat. Well, Jen, we are going to have to wrap up, but I feel like we could talk to you so all day. So long. Yeah, yeah, all day. Um, it's 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 an honor to have you join us here. Really it's is. an honor for me and Deanna to work for Bishop Strickland. Um, and so I, it, we're just tickled that we could bring the four of us all together. <laughs> and I think we need to this has been a blast. have Jen actually, actually here, not yeah. just virtually. But so yes. Come yes. to Tyler. Yes. It's a nice yeah. town. I'd love yeah. I'd I love to. everyone to follow Jen on social media. Yes. But Jen, where can people find you yeah. online? Yeah, look me up on Instagram. Just search for my name. I think Jennifer Fulweiler is my handle there. And then the website that connects you to info about the book, but then just all of my info as well, is yourblueflame.com. Awesome. And if you need a good daily laugh, following Jen on Instagram is the best. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and you have a new podcast you're doing too, which is really oh, right. neat. Yeah. yeah, is it coming out once a week? Uh, still working on that, Stacey. Yeah. It, okay. yeah, it's brand new. I, I See, I'm not in the habit of mentioning that. Yes, it's called This Is Jen. It's yeah. just me telling crazy stories from my yeah, life. Yeah, it's great. This is Jen, where you listen to your podcast. That's excellent. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> 
Well, I hope that we um, see you again, including here in person very soon. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Anyone out there, if you have any questions for us, send your questions to podcast at stphilipwith1linstitute.org. And we will go ahead and close. Thank you so much, Jen. Thank you. It's been an honor. The Lord be with you. And with with your spirit. Almighty God, we thank you for the blessing of this time together, for the opportunity to share stories of faith and to grow in the life and goodness that you share with us each day. We pray for everyone that listens to this podcast, that they may trust that you do have a blue flame in store for them. If they have found it, help them to rejoice in the challenges and the joys of living in that blue flame. And if they have not yet totally found that flame, help them to trust that through prayer and your grace and continuing in faithfulness that you will guide them to flourish in that blue flame of love that is all about you and your life. And we ask your blessing, Lord, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.